Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. So as you have probably deduced by the title of this episode, we are talking about the miracles, signs, and sacraments in John's gospel. Yes, not only does he talk about a new Genesis and a new Exodus in his gospel, John also breaks down Jesus's public ministry to give us the seven sacraments. I mean, honestly, how much more can this man pack into his gospel? Well, actually, there's a lot more that he could pack into this gospel. There's so many other motifs, but I kind of want to skip over those because I don't know about you, but I kind of want to get past the first and second chapter of the Gospel of John during this Lenten season with you guys. So sacrament. Does John use the word sacrament in his gospel? No, he doesn't use the word sacrament, but he does use the Greek word semeon, which in English means sign, right? And for that reason, the first 12 chapters of John's gospel are called the book of signs. And from chapters 13 on through to the end of John's gospel, it's called the book of glory. And why does John use the word sign? I mean, he's referring to the miracles of Jesus, right? And he's been tasked with spreading the gospel. I mean, shouldn't he be out there trying to make a splash, getting people's attention to tell them about the good news? And in my opinion, you use the word miracle and that gets everyone's attention. So why doesn't he use the word miracle? Why does he say sign? Well, that's just it, right? By the time that John writes his gospel, the market for miracles is saturated, so to speak, by the stories of Jesus's ministry and the ministry of his apostles, right? And the people had in a sense, kind of turned into miracle chasers. And we kind of see this today, right? We're always looking for the miracle. We're looking for the spiritual high, or we're chasing the gift and the grace, or we're chasing the blessing, right, from God. But we're not chasing the gift giver or the grace giver or the blessing bestower. And thank you for letting me have that alliteration moment right there. Anyways, By using the word sign to proclaim the wonders that Jesus worked, John is drawing our attention from beyond the actual miracle and that event itself. Why? Because that's what a sign does. A sign points beyond itself. And sometimes, very literally, you know, some signs are actually shaped as an arrow to direct our attention in a certain direction, right? So John is saying, Pay attention to these signs, these events, these miracles, they're important. But more importantly, pay attention to what they are pointing to, right? So he wants us to look beyond the event, look beyond the miracle to what these signs are pointing to. Now, these miraculous events reveal to us something so much bigger than meets the eye. And that really is saying something if you think about the miracles that Jesus and his apostles performed right? They totally rocked the ancient world, and they would even rock today's world, right? So John wants us to look beyond that to see something bigger, something more. So that's exactly what our sacraments do, right? Our sacraments, they are directional pointers that draw our attention from beyond what we can physically sense to what we can spiritually sense. 
And why? In order to do what? What is the purpose? Well, it's to help us to actively participate in this covenantal relationship that we have made with God, right? To help us to participate in this union, relationship, communion, intimacy, theosis, whatever you want to call it, right? Jesus wants us to use these sacraments, and that's why he gave them to us, to help us to participate in this covenant with him. Now, as a Byzantine Catholic, our tradition, we use the term mystery instead of sacrament. And I really appreciate this because in a way it kind of keeps me on my toes spiritually. So what do I mean? Why, Why does it do that? So for me, a mystery incites curiosity. It makes me want to be in the know. It makes me want to seek, to find, and to discover new things. And so by referring to the sacraments as mysteries, I'm always being presented with an invitation to look deeper, to go further. Every time that I partake of the mysteries, I approach them or I I witness them. So when John uses the word semeon or sign, he's drawing our attention beyond the miracle that Jesus performed at one specific place and time in history to the lasting miracles that he was instituting, right? And the ones that he left behind for us to have so that we can participate in the covenantal relationship with God, right, through these seven sacraments of the church. And also through these sacraments, we enter into our covenant with the Lord, but then we're also able to maintain that covenant with the Lord and to renew it. So where are these signs that I'm talking about that, you know, John has in his gospel, which actually depict the sacraments? Okay. Let's, let's go through them. So in the second chapter, when Jesus turns water into wine at the wedding feast at Cana, that's the first sign. The second sign is in chapter 4, when Jesus is still in Cana and he heals the official's son. Then in chapter 5, Jesus goes to Bethesda and he heals a paralytic. That's our third sign. Now, the meat and potatoes of John's gospel, or should I say the loaves and fishes of John's gospel, for Catholics is in John 6, when Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? This is going to be our fourth sign. The fifth sign is when Jesus heals the man born blind in chapter 9. And for whatever reason, I have a affinity to this miraculous sign. And I'm not sure why. And maybe when I start unpacking this sign with you guys, I will have one of those light bulb moments and I'll understand what draws me to this sign or to the sacrament that it is revealing. But we'll see. Now, signs six and seven, they seem very similar initially anyways, but in fact, they're very different. So the sixth sign is when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in chapter 11. And then the last sign is the death and resurrection of Christ in chapters 19 and 20. These are so fascinating. And for me, as soon as I learned this, I was like, I have to read them myself. And so I'm going to encourage you to do that also. But I know that you know someone who would find this fascinating also. So right now, text someone that you know would love this episode, to love to know this information and to look into it themselves and and to develop their faith with this. So right now, I'm going to give you a moment, pull out your phone and text someone you know who will love this episode and send them the information for this episode. All right, now that that's done, the burning question is, what sacraments do all of these signs point to? Some of them seem very obvious, other ones you're maybe not quite sure of. But 
Remember that the sacraments are directional pointers to something beyond themselves also, right? So the signs in John's gospel are pointing beyond themselves to the sacraments or to the mysteries, as we say in the East. And those mysteries are pointing beyond themselves also. And they're prompting us to ask the question, what truth, what depth, what treasure is in this sacrament that God is able to offer me, right? And when we approach this question, we need to answer it two ways. The first is a general sense, and the second is a particular sense. So the general sense is this. When you look at these sacraments and you just find out what is the purpose of this sacrament in general, right? What is the purpose of it? What does it do? What is, you know, the church, how is the church defined it, right? And for this, you might have some sort of a canned answer or response that you learned somewhere along the lines through some sort of catechetical teaching or personal study um, or even referencing the catechism. Now, the second way to approach this question is the particular, like I said. And when you do that, you're going to ask yourself, what does that sacrament communicate to me in a very unique and personal way right now? or maybe even in a past season in my life, right? So it's very particular to you where you are or where you've been. And it's very important that we address this question in both ways, in the general and in the particular, because I found that most people tend to have a natural inclination to either the general or the particular way of analyzing their faith life, but you need both, right? You need to know the concrete, what the church says about you know, this sacrament, what it does, um, what it is. And then you also need the particular, you know, how is the Lord helping me um, to get closer to him through this sacrament? What is he communicating to me? Because the general is a sturdy foundation for orthodoxy, meaning if we understand what each sacrament is and what it does, we will be less likely to fall into error or misunderstanding or just downright heresy, which we never want to be in, right? When we look at the unique and particular way that the Lord is entering and amplifying our life, it's kind of like guardrails, you know, and boundaries. And an example of this, I've mentioned this before, I used to think that the Eucharist was a symbol, right? I, I didn't know that it really truly was the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Now, if I knew that before, and I had that strong foundation, then that would have impacted my particular understanding of what was happening when I was receiving the Eucharist, right? And then that would have helped me to deepen my prayer life and actually to um, let the Lord work in me in the way that he wanted to, right? But because I didn't see it for what it truly was, I was limiting it and my reception of it because my understanding, I just kind of like uh, brushed it off. I know that sounds bad, but that's the truth. Anyways, so through the sacraments, every sacrament, every time, God is literally amplifying your life with his presence, with his gifts, with his anointing. And we need to be active participants in this. And to do that, we need to evaluate the way that we interact with him and the church through the sacraments in a very personal way, as well as in the general way. So asking yourself, what is my Lord doing in and through me during this blessed otherworldly experience right now? So for the next week, go through this exercise, 
right? There are seven sacraments. There are seven signs in John's gospel. My suggestion is read one per day, right? I've already um, told you what the um, gospel stories are and where you can find them. If you want more specifics like chapter and verse, um, I'm going to put that information on the Instagram post for this episode. So you can find them at Clumsy Theosis, find this episode post and the chapter and verse specifics will be there. If you don't want to look there, you can find them in any Bible just with the general um, chapters that I've given you. But read one per day and try to identify, firstly, which sacrament you believe each sign is pointing to, right? Some of them are a little tricky, so pay close attention. Read one per day and try to identify which sacrament each um, sign is pointing to, right? And then ask yourself what truth what depth and what treasure is that sacrament that you think you've identified? What is it offering me? What does Jesus intend for it to offer me? And you have to answer that both in the general and in the particular way, right? You need to know what the church teaches and says about that sacrament. And you can always reference your catechism in the sacrament section and also in a very particular way. So that will give you some time to meditate on where you are in your prayer life and what the Lord is doing. Now, that's all you're going to have to do this week. And I think if you do one per day, I think that's very manageable. And actually, it's going to give you more time to really marinate on each sacrament, which I know is going to be very fruitful for you. And next week, when you come back, I'm going to start unpacking all of these signs in John's gospel. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get through all of them in one episode. We'll see. It might end up being two episodes because there's just so much heart swelling, mind blowing, Holy Spirit flame kindling, if that's even a thing. If it's not, we're gonna make it a thing. Goodness in all of these signs. Now, if you have not subscribed to Clumsy Theos' podcast, do it now, right? And if you have not text that friend that you know would love the information in this podcast, who would love to find out where the sacraments are in John's gospel, Text them now. This is the time to do it. And then tomorrow morning, that's Saturday, Pacific Standard Time, tune in to my Instagram live story. It's going to be brief, but you can find me at Clumsy Theosis, and I'm going to give you guys another Lenten update about where I am, what I'm struggling with, what the Lord is gracing me with, all the good stuff, and hopefully there's mostly good stuff. We'll see. I have to do my reflection at the end of the week, and I'll let you know. Um... Yeah, so that's at at Clumsy Theosis. All right, everyone, have a blessed week. Subscribe, tell your friends. Peace out. Adios. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.